Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a foreign dreamer who started from being a flight attendant and worked her way up into now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and seasoned entrepreneur in multiple successful ventures. This podcast is for the awakened dreamer. Industry icons will share their humble beginnings up to the leaders they are today. Let's all learn and be inspired. Together, we can all prosper. Hello and welcome to the very first Dreamers to Leaders podcast. It's the podcast for the awakened dreamer. It's for those who have a dream and are ready and excited to make it happen. I'm your host, Melody. We're excited to have with us a very special guest, an accomplished journalist, mother of two, and an inspiring, versatile, dynamic entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome Janelle So Perkins. Hello, Janelle. Hi, Melody. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, congratulations on this new podcast of yours. Um, You're such an inspiration, you know, doing so many things all at the same time. So I'm really inspired. I'm really honored to be here with you. And thank you for those kind words. So if you could, uh, let's dive in. What is, um, if you could share with us your current uh, company, you know, what's exciting and special about it? Right. Okay. So my company is called Janelle So Productions. What happened was I had always been a TV host um, and producer. Um, I started the first and only locally produced daily talk show for Filipinos in the U.S. That was two years after I moved to the U.S. In the beginning, when I moved here, I just wanted to study. But then I I, um, explored my options and I ended up staying. And as luck would have it, LA 18, which is a local network here in Southern California over the air, um, they were looking for a host slash producer who could start a daily talk show for them. So I did that from 2006 until 2014. And then (laughs) when I left in 2014, um, that was to start the family. And I look back on the years that I had toiled to uh, get the show off the ground. And I ran it for about eight and a half years. And I keep telling people this, I didn't really get anything um, after I left because um, it was at that point owned by the company that I worked for. And so I thought of that and I thought that, you know, entrepreneurship is the way to go. In order for me to own my content and get um, a, a return for my investment, I need to be able to own my own company. And so in 27, 20, so that was 2014, 2016 was when I launched my own production company, Janelle Soul Productions. And 2017, I launched my own weekly show. Nice. So tell us, um, tell us and take us back during that time where you were at that crossroad and you know, having that successful show with a solid fan base, a lot of sponsors, and you just let it go and walked into the unknown. Tell us what's going on in your mindset, mentally, emotionally. I think that um, in my decision in life, I've always been, right or wrong, I've always been led 
I've always won. I've always been led by my family. I've always chosen family. When my parents decided to move here to the States because they got the petition approved for my mom uh, by my uh, maternal grandmother, I was already starting my broadcasting career in the Philippines. And I stayed there for a little bit just to rebel, I think, and just I really had wanted to try it out. Um, I had my own shows. I was already doing a, an evening newscast for a channel there. Um, but then I realized that I couldn't be away from my family. I wanted to prioritize my family. So I moved here with them. So I turned my back on that career in the Philippines. And then when I moved here, um, I was doing well in my career. I enjoyed the perks, obviously, with the solid backing of an Asian language station. Um, I was considered a pioneer because I started that Filipino-American uh, daily talk show. Um, I, it was, you're right, it was comfortable. Um, but there came a point when I had longed to, I'd always wanted to be a mom. And um, after a while of doing, running the show and getting it off the ground, when I thought that it was all already at a comfortable level where it can run on its own, um, I decided to focus on my personal life so I can find a good mate, a good husband, and possibly have children. So when I met my husband now in 2013, um, at that point, I was kind of, what I was already, what, 36, I think 36, 37, no, 36. I was at the point where I knew that if I had to choose between career and this new life, that I would choose the new life. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was worried that if I had stayed in that job, because it's very stressful, as you know, you know, um, any work is stressful. There's, you know, politics, there's different things that you have to deal with. And I, I because I was uh, older, uh, I was also worried that the stress and the, all the late nights and all the stress and plus my old age uh, will hinder me from getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I knew when I married Lester, my husband, that um, maybe I should take a break. And I, I took that break. I specifically remember, and this really was is still very vivid uh, with me when you, because I really admired uh, and respected uh, how your thought process was. And it was during that cusp where you were thinking, you know, this is something that you've you've dreamed dreamed of having a show here in the U.S. It's successful and all that, and yet there's that freedom that, as you mentioned, the content. You know, you couldn't really have any control or say with the content, and um, and all that creativity you feel has been um, it's curtailed or it's a little bit. Uh, it's really not there in terms of, of freedom. And you stood up to the corporate big wigs and just decided, you know, yes, the the next door, next chapter is unknown, yet you're just that bold and just walked out. Something to that effect. Right. If you share that moment where, you know, it was the weighing of the pros and cons and it was right. a life-changing uh, decision right. for you. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> so I, I had always wanted to be a mom, like I said, and so that was the main thing that was weighing on, on me. But then at the same time, you're right. Um, I didn't, I, I felt like at that point, I had already plateaued 
as a professional and with a company, there were some things that I'd asked for repeatedly that unfortunately they couldn't provide at the time. And so I guess that just made my decision to quit because obviously I could have gone on had I been, you know, more comfortable maybe, or had I felt like it was, I still could give something to the company or to the show. But at that point when I felt like there was no more improvement, I probably hit the ceiling. And then there was this unknown that was offering itself to me to be a mom. That's when I, um, so basically I I chose that path. Mm -hmm. So in terms of that journey, um, can you share with us some setbacks, obstacles that you had to overcome and how was that like? How was the whole, um, you know, decision-making, the weighing of all those factors? Well, um, so when I, was at, uh, when I was at that station running my own show, I also had a sales background. So I offered to sell the show to advertisers as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got my start. Um, so I was thinking, so the, com- the, the station was paying me a salary to host and produce the show for them. And then they were giving, giving me a commission for selling advertising to my show, the show that I'm hosting and producing. So I got my experience there and I, when I left the show, took a break. When I was ready to do something again, along the lines of what I used to do, I thought to myself, you know, why don't I, like I said earlier, entrepreneurship is the way to go. You have to own um, in order to capital, like in order to um, maximize the, the uh, return. So I was doing that anyway. And so I thought maybe I'll own my own production. I will self-finance and self-produce my own show. And then I would sell it to advertisers, which I used to do anyway. But this time I own it. Mm-hmm. So I bought airtime. Um, I was buying airtime from different channels in order to... Um, in order to recoup my investment and maybe earn, get a little bit of profit as well. So there were a lot of struggles because obviously um, I didn't have a, a business background. I was doing marketing and I was doing hosting. My I have a degree in journalism and communication arts, but obviously I did not know anything about business, how to set it up, just some technical things. Um, so there was a setback in that. And there were also some rookie mistakes that I, just some stuff, like say, for example, you know, when I was um, selling for the TV station, I would maybe talk to an advertiser and go, okay, so this and that, this and that for this monthly fee, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. But my airtime, I'm paying for them per week. And there's some months where there are five weeks in a month, right? right? So I only realized that when I was doing my math and I was like, well, this doesn't add up because I'm having to pay more, what, five months out of the year when there's five weeks in a month, right? So, but then I, at that point, I already had contracts from advertisers paying per month. And so, you know, these things you learn, I didn't have to contend with that before because as soon as I got the contract, I would give it to whoever's taking care of it and I would get my commission. I didn't have to worry about like, oh, but wait, there's an extra week this month, you know? So, um, right. So that's, that's one. And then also, you know, um, managing people. I didn't have to manage that many people. Um, I didn't have to manage. There was a time when I even like 
before I was doing it myself. If my sales were slow, it's still fine because I still had a monthly thing from hosting. But this time it's my business and I have people relying there on me for their income. Mm -hmm. So if my business was slow, I couldn't just stop. So I had to take money out of my own pocket, out of my savings in order to sustain what I have because these people rely on that income. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really think of that. I just thought, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I do it together and I'll do it myself. But I didn't realize all these things that and now I'm slowly realizing. Plus, um, with a pandemic, which has thrown another curveball, right. you know, um, for all entrepreneurs out there. So, um, so listening to you, it just really kind of boils down to the fact that really with entrepreneurship, you can't really have everything all figured out. And it's just really having that determination to forge ahead. And as they say, you know, you have to enjoy the process versus being uh, focused on the price, the process versus price. And I think uh, your story has really kind of encapsulated uh, that. Any regrets in terms of, um, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you perhaps have done different? Uh, I probably wouldn't have left when I left <laughs> because the following year I got pregnant. And, um, you know, as an employee, you have perks, you have health insurance, especially if you're right. So you have insurance, you have, you know, you have the security basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the things too, that maybe your followers can take from um, when you're on your own, you're really on your own. Mm -hmm. The success is yours, but then the hard work is also yours. Right. So. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, so I think that I probably would have still left, but maybe not when I did. Um, also, you know, they cut off my insurance right away and all that stuff that I also didn't have because I was with a company for eight and a half years. So for eight and a half years, I didn't really think about anything outside of my life there. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But in terms of regret, no, I, I don't regret leaving. I don't regret starting my own company, even though it's very difficult, especially these days. Um, I don't because who was that that said, you know, you don't, um, you don't fail. You only learn. That's right. So failures are opportunities to learn. So when you could think of that, it as that they're teachers. So you don't fail. No, just, right? mm -hmm. yeah. Stepping stones to get you closer and closer to your, to your main goal. Uh, in terms of maybe, what do you do on a daily basis to get you closer and closer to, uh, to your goal? Is there any okay, ritual so or um, routine that you do that you feel has helped you with your productivity and you know, achieving uh, your goals? Yes, so um, I pray a lot because <laughs> I think that's what sustains us. Um, I try, I don't do it as regularly as I would like to because of the two children, but um, I try to um, do my morning prayer in silence so in the morning, I try to wake up an hour just for myself, because when the kids start to wake up, then it's all chaos. But in that hour, um, that's when I do my morning prayer. That's when I do my readings. That's when I glance at like what's going on in the world in the news. So I do that. And at night, I read as well. So what I've started doing just because of the pandemic is at night, 
um, I've just been reading books because, you know, it's so easy. I got used to reading everything on my phone, mm-hmm. um, e-books and everything, um, but, or, or the news, but I find it's more relaxing to actually pick up a book and read mm-hmm. at night. So I do that. Um, and when I can find a time for myself, I also like browse the internet. It's, it's in my industry. You have to know what's going on with the news. It has to be current. And you also have to know who, who to ask for for different things. Mm-hmm. So um, I try to do that as well, um, either at night or in the morning. And what, I, what I've been doing as well to make sure that I'm getting the most out of my day is at night, I review what's going on the next day. Mm-hmm. And I still write everything down. Everything is digital now. I still have an actual planner mm-hmm. that I write on. And then it's my to-do and I check, you know, so that when I have ideas, I think that I need to do this and that. I make sure that I'm able to write it down so that I can check myself and make sure that I've done it or I've missed it. They say there's something therapeutic with you checking off manually. Yeah, right. <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> yes. Very yeah. Much. Um, yeah. So in, you've mentioned books. Is there any, um, like during the pandemic, was there anything that really stood out in terms of something that you found really valuable? Um, so that, and then uh, maybe, you know, with this day and age of everything in apps, right? Everything, mm-hmm. digital, as you've mentioned. Um, is there any apps or gadget or tools that you have found really helpful with uh, helping you with your upping your productivity, time management, all that good stuff. So maybe any book that you think, you know, yeah, it's good. And then any apps or gadget that you think is. So I, because of Black Lives Matter movement, I've also been studying and reading up on that. I need to be aware because there are some internal biases that come out in our speech. Um, And I need to be able to check myself because you know, uh, um, because of what I do, uh, what I say or what I post on social media may be scrutinized more than others. There's, sure. What others, right? Is there a particular book that has helped you learn and up your game in terms of knowledge on, on that subject matter? I'm still going through, um, I'm still reading the book about white supremacy um, by Layla, Layla Saad, I think. Um, So I'm reading that. It's a workbook, actually, and it's very uncomfortable. So I, that one, I don't read at night. I try to read it during the day because I try to read more fiction at night so that I can sleep. (laughs) (laughs) There's a book that I like, and I just actually, oh, no, it's here. Yeah, see? here i've also been reading a lot of like something like this which is do you see that or no anyway yeah there so last, the last stop on market street uh-huh yeah I've been, the background is um fading some of yeah the- but this is um this is a book that i ordered for lily because i'm also while well, i'm doing this journey to learn more about racism i'm also reading books about racism to her to make her understand you know books about kindness empathy so my books are just I basically read a book or two to her before bed and then I read whatever if I still have the energy maybe a few pages from the book that I'm reading any apps or tools I like yes I like Blinkist 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes, I like Blinkist. Uh, they have an app, but I stopped subscribing because I get the email for free anyway. Because you know, as entrepreneurs, we we save where we can, right? <laughs> Keep our overhead low. Um, so I'm doing skimmed. Mm-hmm. Send it to you. Have you? Yeah, because it's it's you know bite size. And I've also recently um, subscribed to the New York Times for email as well for like different. Because especially in this day and age. Um, especially these days, it's so uncertain with a pandemic, with this, this social unrest because of social inequity and systemic racism. And then there's the looming danger of going through a depression. Um, I think that we need to be in, keep abreast and updated with what's going on around us. So I have a lot of those news apps and yeah, there. So how about um, in terms of modern or uh, quotes or words to live by or poems that you found really helpful in motivating you, especially, you know, at times when you feel like you're beaten or just down and out, something to pick you up. Is there anything like that that you kind of play in your head? Um, that is one, um, the, the saying about failing that, you know, there's no failure. Um, because especially when you're on your own, I realized that I was, at first I was gung ho and then I started, and then these mistakes started costing, right? I don't know if you, I'm sure you can relate as a, as a business person. (laughs) It's not just mistakes. It's you, it has cost involved. And I'm thinking, oh, I could have used that money instead to do this, or I could have used that money for my children's funds or whatnot. Um, and so there was, there were a few months when I was just too scared to do anything because I wanted to just not make a mistake because it's costly to make a mistake. Um, and so that saying about not failing, it's just learning, um, resonate, resonated a lot with me. And I still remind myself of that when I want to take, you know, simple, like other steps or maybe venture into something that I'm not familiar with. So that, but then at the same time, I, as a a guiding principle, I've always, um, I always go back to this. It's a Bible quote that says, um, what does it gain a man? uh, What does it profit a man if he gains the world yet loses his soul? Because also I feel that as entrepreneurs, because we're so worried about being on the red or making a profit, um, we it can be so easy to just have that be our guiding principle, right? Whatever yields more, whatever gives us more return, whatever we'll, we'll do that because it's it's about money, it's about accounting, it's about you know bookkeeping. But I always go back to that place because it gives me peace that. Also, it's good to dream and all, but then the dream, the end goal doesn't really always have to be money, right? Because success, yeah, because success is measured in different ways. I think that's a very good, um, you know, passage, especially in this egoistic, narcissistic, capitalistic world (laughs) that we live in and everything is all, you know, social media, Instagram, so on and so forth, right? Uh, And everyone is just, really out there to look as fake and as unauthentic as, as possible. Uh, so I think, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. Any mentor, any 
uh, group of people that are like your sounding board, especially when making those life uh, changing decisions? And you think that's it's important? Um, that's what I'm having a hard time with right now too, <laughs> because I feel like I've been cooped up. I have um, a mommy group. So Lily, uh, Lily, there's three classmates in her school, actually not even classmates, schoolmates. They go to the same school and I've bonded with this um, three other moms. So one is Japanese. She's, um, she is a realtor. The mm. other one is um, Korean. She owns a commercial lending firm. And then the other one is a doctor. Um, she's Indian, uh, South Asian. So we have a thread and I find that I'm running to them a lot when it comes to doing, you know, just things about life, about career. I have spoken to them about my business. Um, so that's one. Um, I really value Lester's advice because she, he has been in the industry as well, although in a different scale. Um, so when I have things to ask about, you know, what do you think that it does? So that's, that's Lester. And then, um, and Lester is uh, your husband. My husband, yes. And then um, basically for a bit, yeah, that's, that's basically it. It's just small. I need to expand. <laughs> so um, for our audience who perhaps are in the same boat as you were, when you were making those life-changing decisions of leaving uh, something that's known and comfortable and venturing to the unknown, what would be like your gu guiding uh, words uh, for our audience? I think that um, as a person, what you need to do first is really, it's, it may sound cliche, it's really find your um, passion. Because when you are passionate about what you're doing, yes, passion. When you're passionate about what you're doing, then you don't feel like it's work, right? Like with me, even though I'm so tired after filming, after interviewing people, after producing the show or filming the show, and then I still have to take care of the children. Um, I, I am tired, but I'm not bitter about it because I was able to do what I wanted to do, right? So that's passion. But I also think that it's very important um, to make sure that it's aligned with your purpose, with what God, um, I believe in God, so with what God wants for you to do. Because I think when passion and purpose align, then you're no matter what's going on around you, you feel at peace. Like with this pandemic and, you know, loss of jobs, loss of income for myself, loss of income, loss of clients. You, there is peace inside knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to do. So that's passion and purpose. So that's my advice. But then also um, my advice for working moms. <laughs> I want to share this because I know that there's a lot of moms struggling um, and I know that you've done it. You've raised wonderful children. Um, but uh, this one, I just have always been my principal as well. Um, when you're, when you're forced to choose between work, like another event or another press conference or another, we can't do that now because of the lockdown, but you know, before, even before, when you're forced to choose between work and kids, um, I, my principle is to always choose kids um, because work can replace you, right? Even if you're the CEO, you can be replaced, but your children cannot replace you. You're the only parent. You're the only mom of your child. So 
So in terms of, uh, you mentioned passion, any causes that you're currently passionate about and any projects that you're working on that you want uh, support from our viewers? Oh, thank you, Melody. Um, so one passion, one passion of mine is really children. I have been getting attending webinars about how the cases of child abuse are rising because of the lockdown, and um, compounded by that, um, it, as a result of that, there are a lot of, and I didn't know this, there are a lot of Filipino children, especially in the LA County foster care system that need fostering and they want us Filipinos to be aware because these Filipino children being taken away from their families that are into drugs or there's family abuse, child abuse, all that. And so that's that uh, as a passion. And then number two, um, I'm celebrating, I don't know when you're going to air this, when are you going to air this? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm celebrating the third anniversary of the show. Um, okay. It hasn't been easy. Congratulations. Thank you. Has it hasn't been years. <laughs> I launched in July, 2017. So this July, 2020th, that's next month, we're, um, we're celebrating our third anniversary. So I'm doing, a, I'm going to send you an email, but we're doing a, a virtual social um, gathering and I'm so excited about it. Um, so it's going to be like an hour and a half event virtually. Um, we've divided it into three parts the So Awoke, which is what we really are right now with all these issues, Black Lives Matter, racism, LGBTQ. So we're going to be discussing that plus very important mental health, right? Because everyone's suffering from all the depression and the dark times that we're going through. And then we have uh, So Aware, which is, you know, um, I have some speakers on how, you know, just how to, how to have your family thrive, how to be a mom and be taking care of all these things. And then um, I have a So Alive, as well. So how to color your world when it's too dark, how to, how to take care of your skin, self-love basically. Mm -hmm. Self-care. So, yes. um, so um, you've mentioned Thrive and you've also mentioned um, pandemic. So I think we'll be remiss if we don't kind of touch on that, you know, very uh, quickly in terms of what has helped you in terms of thriving uh, economically, uh, mentally with, uh, with this crazy unprecedented pandemic yeah it's 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 really it's really bad so what has made me thrive i'll be honest i especially the last few weeks now because what this is what uh, we started march we my family and i was started sheltering in place march 14 mm -hmm. a week before march 19 which was governor newsom in california started enforcing the strict shelter in place orders and so in the beginning, I was like, I was loving it, <laughs> spending time with the children, you know, and the first two weeks after that, we didn't know what was going on. So I didn't really produce a new show. We aired replays. But when I realized how serious it is and how especially now accurate news, social, uh, culturally relevant stories are needed, I think um, to your question, what has helped me thrive is that because doing my passion, I, I feel that um, this is what I'm being called to do. And I feel that this is the work that I enjoy as well. Um, but going back to how I started it, there are times when I'm down. There are times when I feel like, wow, when is this gonna end, right? 
Like there's no, you don't know when it's, this is going to end. And you worry about your children. You worry about their future. You see a lot of these social unrest and racial and systemic racism. You worry about the future of the world. So when that happens, um, I drink wine. <laughs> I drink wine and then, you know, prayers help. Plus, I always say on the show, uh, knowledge is power. So when that happens, when you're uncertain, you're uncertain because there's, there's fear, because there's uncertainty. So what do you do? You arm yourself. So you read through. That's when I, you know, bust out the skimmed New York Times, Blinkist even. I try to read and get as much as I can in knowledge and understanding of what's going on just to, you know, um, help ease the anxiety. Mm -hmm. So um, to recap, what I've heard uh, from, from the segment is uh, really nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll never know how far you'll soar or how far you'll go if you don't spread your wings. So thank you uh, for sharing, you know, your knowledge, sharing your story. And uh, all the nuggets that you shared, we're going to put it at the end of the um, episode. So there's some easy access on the, um, the tips that you've shared. Bye. So um, thank you again and wishing you continued success. And till next time. You this is so awesome, Melody. Thank you for having me. And congratulations again. You're such a great interviewer. The tables were turned and amazing. You're such a great listener. I love it. Mm -hmm.